It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, August 5th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is excited to hear all about Santeri Solku on today's show. He's an interesting guy. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with the brilliant Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on all our episodes and Flyers news, all that good stuff. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to talk about the Zach McEwen contract and where we are as far as the cap. We are going to profile newly drafted Santeri Solku and then get into some mailbag questions. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. Hit that subscribe button. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe and drop us a like over there as well. Russ, the Zach Mehewen arbitration is no more. The Flyers settled with him for a one-year, a one-way contract for $925,000. And my understanding, it's that this dollar value was less than they offered him because he wanted a one-way deal only. So you're trying to tell me this is a bargain rate for Zach McEwen? I, I will scoff at No, that. no. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't I'm do just it, saying Rachel. that's why there was disagreement and they went to arbitration. <laughs> no, um, I get it. I think it's a good thing, though, that it's a one year versus a two year deal. Uh, I just they've already committed two year deals to too many people at the bottom of the lineup. Something had to give where it was just a one way deal. I mean, I saw a ridiculous couple of ridiculous headlines. Uh, first thing I want to address is he had 12 fights. Somebody put that and I'm like, great. He had 12 fights. He had 110 PIMs. They're not all good. We saw him take some bad penalties at bad times. That is he, true. He had three goals, which was, you know, his second highest in his career. That's on 82 shots. That's a 3.7 shooting percentage. So you're not getting him to shoot. You're not getting him to score. You literally have him just to fight and play truculent hockey. But the problem is you got two of these guys now. And this is no offense to Zach McEwen, but I don't see why they spent a million dollars on him when you could have tried to get some other deal out there on the market instead of him. Uh, Some player who just, you know, isn't signed by training camp, something like that. Yeah, I think if you add up the money they spent on McEwen and Deloria, you could have gotten somebody a little better, you know, for that same sum total of money, I I think. That is what they should have done, to be and honest. And they could have spent a little more than that. You said you were looking over the cap, and they could have spent a little more than, let's say, the 925 and gamble on the fact that Ryan Ellis isn't coming back. So maybe, you know, you get someone in that million and a half range. You definitely could get a more productive player on the fourth line that would get you more points. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. 
Yeah, and there's no doubt that Zach McEwen plays an aggressive style of hockey, like beyond the fighting. I think mm-hmm. you saw him being really aggressive on the forecheck this past season and that he was trying to make things happen. He's just not a good shot. Right. And so I think that you need somebody that more of those shots are going to go in. And he's, I think he could be a better passer, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I do think that, you know, he tries, there's no doubt about All that. the efforts like he, there. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that, again, I just look at the money for DeLaurier plus McEwen. You can get yourself a $2 million level player, which is better than both of them combined. Yeah, so examples out there. I'm looking at the current free agent list. Um, Cody Eakins out there. I mean, Cody Eakins, (laughs) he's a really good fourth liner. He is. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, there's some downside that comes with him as well, but not sure. any more downside than McEwen or Delorier, let's yeah. say. I mean, Sonny um, Milano's still out there. I mean, Sonny Milano had 34 points last year. At some point, he's going to have to That's an interesting in one. Yeah, and he's got a lot of speed. Uh, he is from my hometown. I do have a little bias, but I can tell you that. Um, no, he's he, one of my guys from the U.S. junior team that I like. Yeah, yeah. 14 goals. Like at this point, if you waited until camp opened and he still wasn't signed, it's a better sign. You could go Derek Stepan, he would get you more points. There's no question about that. They went this way. Yeah, it's just not smart. It's not like thoughtful contract. It's like each individual contract at this kind of bottom six level is in a vacuum, I think. They're not looking at the whole picture. No, I think they're looking at it like, hey, if our team falters, we're going to put this fourth line out there and they're going to start cracking some skulls and that's going to go be passed off as entertainment. Like, that's what I think is going to happen. Well, you mentioned the salary cap without Ellis uh, in it. And I did do the math. I updated my fancy spreadsheet. And if he's on LTIR there's about 4 million left mm-hmm. in the cap. And that also has to take in consideration that the roster is now full at 23 contracts. Now you could send all of the ELC, you know, young guys down to Lehigh Valley to make right. room for an additional signing. If you feel like that's what you want to do, but because they signed so many one-way contracts, they're kind of limited in what their options are on that front at this point, because right now, you know, I've got Noah Cates and Tanner Lazinski penciled in Mm -hmm. as well as Cam York. Those are your only three players that you can send down without just putting them on waivers and letting them get taken for free. Not that they necessarily would, but that's where we're at. Okay. So if I were GM and I got some word that, it's a long haul for Ryan Ellis. Would I gamble and sign, try and invite in Phil Kessel for, I don't know, two and a half million. Even if he holds me up for three, I give you three, Phil. That's all I got. And hold like a million, in, in, you know, just in case for Ellis because it'll get prorated by the time he comes back. And if I have to, hey, you know, maybe I have to outright JVR to the AHL to save another million. Um, but would I do that? Would I do that because I'm 
really not close enough to tank to get a top three pick. And again, there's really great choices now. What I'm seeing for the next draft, you know, through the top 10 or 12. That's probably the range they're going to be in. So, like, at this point, I probably am trying – I probably am better off trying to add more – a little more talent because that will also help some of the players' development who are there. So, would I do that? Yeah, I would try and do that. It's an interesting option. I almost like it with Sonny Milano better yeah, because I think way. there's potential for him in the future or maybe, you know, somebody else. But Although, uh, if you I trade – I'm sorry, if you get Kessel – and Kessel scoring, you know, 18, 20 goals at the deadline, you get a lot more than for him than Milano. Well, that's true. That's true. And that's where I think that you don't, it's an interesting risk to have to take because I, I feel like you would have to make that decision preseason and you could not see where the team was at any point. No, I because, can make like, it into training. I can make it into um, the regular season. I could wait it for the first couple of um, preseason games. Maybe. And if, and if either one of those players isn't still signed, I could still go with an offer. Why not? You could. I, I'm just thinking that in the brains of this management, they want to see what they've got with this group of players. Like I just don't see them doing it. I, I think it's a good idea. Well, how and about it's this? definitely worth consideration. I just don't know that this management thinks they need to do anything like that. I mean, how about this? You sign Milano to a tryout, a camp tryout. Yeah, I, I I think that's a good idea. And if Milano looks better than most of your guys, Tortorella certainly knows him. If he looks better mm -hmm. than a lot of your guys, then you've pretty much made your decision. And that's a try before you buy. Yeah, uh, I'll be interested to see if, if Milano is still available by then or if he's done a PTO somewhere else. but. Um, you know, especially the creativity that's there with him, yeah. even if he doesn't have a ton of points, I think that he is, is somebody that is in that middle range age wise, that isn't quite one of the vets, but isn't the new kid on the block either. And I, I think he could contribute. So we Look, shall I see. I mean, here, here's the change but, I would make. I mean, daily faceoff has like JVR on the second line, you know, the hell with that. I'll no. I'll put Milano on the second line with Hayes and Atkinson, and I'll just put JVR somewhere else on the lineup. I don't care. Yeah, no, JVR can sit on the third line. I got no bones with that. Because I don't right. think Jared be starting a year either. Sorry. <laughs> well, yes, there is that too. Okay, we will have lots more math to do and lots more prognosticating to do about what the training camp roster looks like as the summer progresses, but we're going to switch gears and talk about a new draftee, Santeri Sulku, coming up next after we talk about Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Delicious indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. 
Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It'll be a perfect treat, or you could find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. What's great about Built is all their bars are made with natural collagen protein, which is your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough, chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout or a late night treat or just need to grab a quick bite. Built is perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15. So, Russ, Santeri Solku, we mm-hmm. drafted him this year in the seventh round, 197th overall. He is a forward, has played wing and center, which is something I want to talk about with him and if we recall he is a big guy six foot four but he's only 194 pounds so a little light on the frame right relative to his height and he's uh an interesting case because he has dual swedish and finnish citizenship which you don't see you don't see that very often very often right and so he has been playing in finland for the the bulk of his career um he has been in you know the u20 league over there for the past couple of years and now is going to be playing in sweden for moto uh in their league over there which is an interesting change of scenery for him which means peter forsberg will be watching him in some way shape or form exactly exactly and he did take a bit of a jump Uh, In his production this past season, uh, you know, he had been going back and forth between the U18 and U20 teams. And uh, Joker, it did not have like a top level team. They only had junior level teams. Uh, So there wasn't really anywhere for him to go at this. Well, that's because they were in the KHL, right? I think that's right. Right. So. Um, He had 32 points this past season, which was far and above what he had gotten in previous seasons. Um, But, you know, there's definitely some question marks about him. And again, seventh round pick. Yeah, for seventh rounder, I like him. I like him for a lot of reasons. For one thing, you could stash him for three, four years. You don't have to worry about him. You don't have to worry about signing him. You may not even have to worry about him coming over. You know, he could do a lot of the developing there. Uh, as you said, he's got a frame that definitely could add more uh, bulk and strength, and that's good. That's something where he could do that over time. Uh, he's. I did read um, in the, the Elite Prospects yearbook uh, something that I contribute to. Uh, Lassie is our European scout there. He's in charge of the European scouting and did talk about the game that he played in, at center. So I peeked at that. And. Uh, right. He actually liked that game at center better than he did other positions up to that point in the season. So it is an interesting thing that could become something down the line. So I think that's that's actually a little bit of a, a nice uptick for him or an extra bonus. He, you know, as far as using his physicality, it seems to come and go. So that's something where, you know, you'd want to see that be a little more physical. He just turned 18, like he's just in June. So he is really young for this draft. So that's, you know, that's a bonus because he's got more runway based on that. Uh, he has a very long stick. 
So he's one of those guys that if he does stick handle and gets near the net, he can get a good angle to shoot top shelf. Uh, he's got a really strong wrist shot that he could score from long distance. He could, he's got a pretty good release on it. I think it could get a little faster, but he's got the, uh, the oomph behind it that it doesn't have to be within like five or seven feet. He can go further out. Uh, I've seen him in some film get behind the defense. I, I think it's partially because of hustle and then partially because of his long stride. I think the speed's decent, but I think it probably could get a little better. Very skilled on the power play. Like he could score in these little small spaces. If you give him a second, uh, saw him in like the left-hand corner really do that well. So he has a lot of these tools. And so this is a guy that because he's toolsy, you hope that he puts it all together and you give him the time to do it. Yeah, I, th I think that's definitely the case. And, you know, with his skating being like you said, good, but not great. Um, you know, I read up on him and it seems like he is on the slower side, you know, relative to some of the other guys around him. Mm -hmm. And that's why the prospect of him being a center is intriguing to me, because if he gets a role as a two way center, I think that could be more suited to his skills, especially mm -hmm. again, you're right. He's better on the power play than five on five. He's yeah. a good playmaker in open ice, but in the attack, he's really a secondary guy. He's not right. the primary playmaker. And so that sounds more centery to me than mm -hmm. wing. Right. Yeah, it does. And, and I think the, uh, the vision's pretty good. The hockey sense seems to be pretty good. I think he probably could think the game a little faster, but again, we're looking at him against much older guys at the age of 18. So I think that will catch up for him and I think that will get improved. So I, you know, I, I see why they picked him. I, I certainly, you know, like the pick. And I don't think it matters that he's on international teams or not. Like I said, he's just 18. He could be on team starting next year. Like, it's fine. Let's see what mm -hmm. kind of year he has. Uh, development has been slow and steady, and it might still be slow and steady. You know, you might be looking at seeing this guy uh, in Lehigh in four years. You know, maybe three years if all of a sudden he really breaks out, and then maybe the NHL in four or five. I mean, that's, that's what you're looking at. That's best-case scenario. And how many seven-rounders are you really – you know, talking about getting to your NHL team, but at least they put themselves in a position with this, with him um, saying that, okay, you know, we do see a path for you to get there. Now it's up to you to get there. We'll do what we can too. Right. And, you know, to your point, he did play for Finland in the five nations cup, um, which is U18. Right. And yes. so he, um, didn't get like a ton of ice time, but the ice time that he did, he kind of proved himself on the power play unit there. Um, but as he plays older guys in like this U20 league in Sweden, um, he's going to have to work more at the five on five, but he has all the time in the world. And so I think that there is a good path for him there to be pretty sheltered in his development without the high expectations to just, you know, nose to the grindstone and work really hard. And um, I, I do think that he is in a really good position to kind of break out at some point in the next few years. Yeah. Like as an example where he's under relatively no pressure here uh, and, and going into, you know, his year after the draft, 
two years after the draft in the second year, you know, Tuamala is under tremendous pressure already because he mm-hmm. barely played last year. So, you know, in a way, this seventh rounder is going to have it way easier than Tuamala will. And Tuamala's got high-end skills. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying this is just right now where things are at. Um, you know, the fact that he did play a lot last year and, and produced does help him. And so that, you know, it does keep the heat off of him. And so I do think this is a guy that they'll watch pretty closely. I think Sammy Kapanen will keep an eye on him. And mm-hmm. and that's good. I, I think that's smart. Yeah, I, I certainly think Kapanen uh, will be helpful in his development. Uh, I'm glad we have him over there right now. Yeah, it's a big, it's a benefit. It's no question it's a benefit. And I think, you know, the Flyers need more um good euros on the team. I think they're lacking that a little bit right now. It used to be a strength in the organization. It it is no longer a strength. And so, you know, this could be, you know, part of that with Tuamala, with, you know, a few other guys, you know, maybe Lixell is going to make it, you know, you do need that. You can't have it all be just like Americans and Canadians. You want it to be a good mix because they're, you know, a lot of times these euros, they bring something else different to the table. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We are going to answer some of your mailbag questions to wrap up the week coming up next. All right, Russ, uh, Will wants to know if Jackson Cates has fallen completely off the Flyers radar. Uh, Is there an urgency to re-sign him uh, and will he be at camp? I still think he'll get signed to an AHL deal. And if he does, I think he'll be fine with that. So I don't think he's completely off there. I just think, like we said, he's probably the last guy that gets a deal. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think he could get a two-way deal, but he's going to be parked in the AHL. Like, absolutely. I think that's the right place for him, to be honest. And um, I I do think that while it would be fun to have him and Noah up in the NHL at the same time. Yeah, they're not there. He's not there. Jackson just isn't there, I think, unless like the injury woes get such that they need to call him up. Right. All right. Speaking of contracts, uh, somebody also wants to know about Wade Allison. What does his deal look like? If it were up to me, I might not sign him and I might save the the potential money there. Uh, I know, like right, you said, hey, it's full right now. So you're going to send to the AHL and that's fine. Uh, I just don't know if it's worth it to keep having him come back and keep getting injured. Cause the, the issue with that is look, I can give him seven fifty, give him a two way deal. Have him play in the AHL all year. I could, mm-hmm. um, but if he keeps getting hurt, then he's even clogging the way for some playing time for guys in Lehigh. That's the problem, because if he goes to Lehigh, he's instantly on the first power play, top line, all this other stuff. And then if he gets hurt 20 games in, then it's like, well, now somebody else has to fill that role. And, you know, they could have already been up to speed before he got hurt. Like, that's my issue here is, is he going to stay injury free? And will he impede development from other players? He's good for development while he's healthy. We saw that. But. You know, if he starts getting banged up and all of a sudden is less effective. So I, you know, 
I, I think there's a good chance I would walk away from signing him. I think it's possible. I, I do think that the good thing about having a couple other guys that are kind of at his level with potential. Um, I know like Tanner Lazinski is kind of there. Um, a couple other guys are more injured though, but I, I you know, Bobby Brink and such, but I, I think that there are similar enough players that if it, Allison gets hurt or he's parked in the AHL, I don't think that's a problem. I mean, just l- listen to these game totals from 16, 17. This is in college and they play fewer games, but 36, 22, 22, 26. Then in 2021, he played 24 and last year he played 29. Yeah. Like not great. Yeah. It's just, it's tough. Yeah, I just, you know, considering that they gave him a qualifying offer, it seems like they're inclined to sign him. That's yeah, and I'm just, sure they will. That's what I'm saying. I probably yeah, would not and yeah. would not have done that. They will and will hope. But if he doesn't come through this year, I can't imagine it's going to continue. No, no, it's definitely a one-year deal. All right, given his injury, what are expectations for Joel Farabee this season? Expectations, I guess, point-wise. If they could get 50 out of Farabee, it would be a good year. Uh, expectations playing-wise, I would expect him to miss the first month, but if for some reason he's going to gut it out and play, I think it would be similar to what Jack Eichel was when he first came back and didn't have a lot of points early and took a little while to get used to things. Now, if John sees that, he Tortorella that is, and was smart about it, yeah, you wouldn't have him in the top two lines. You probably put him on the third line and let him sort of ease ease into the pool rather than take his old spot back. Yeah, that's where I see him starting is on the third line. And then maybe if he gets back up to speed and is starting to produce, then JVR gets bumped down and Farabee right. goes up to the top line. Um, I think I had in my head because I wasn't sure uh, about the injury I was thinking 45 to 50 points if we're closer to 40, 45. I don't think that's great for him, but uh, at the same time, it's hard to say how he'll recover, but I, I certainly hope he can get closer to 50. I think that would be a good season for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely would be. All right. This is a uh, off the ice question uh, with Adidas ending their Jersey contract with the NHL after next season, who do you think the next provider will be and will they get any more creative with the flyers classic look? I think it'll be fanatics. I think they're trying to break into everything hockey and that, that I don't think they're going to leave any stone unturned with that. I think now they've just got their foot in the door. Uh, would they get more creative? Yeah, they probably would. I've seen some you know, designs are not their issue. So I've seen some, you know, mm-hmm. some pretty good designs. So I think they could, uh, they could come up with something interesting, but that's who I expect to, to take that over. I think it might be under armor. I think they're trying to get into all sorts of random stuff. So um, uh, I think that's where it'll go. I'm not sure about the design. It seems like pretty hard to do something wildly different with the Flyers jersey. I mean, I've seen them out there, but I I just don't see it happening on the ice uh, as a third jersey. Because even the reverse retros weren't that different. They just had weird sleeves. I think so. 
uh, unless you go crazy with the extra stripes or something like that Toronto jersey had with like five stripes or something on the sleeve. They could do that, I guess. All right, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. Uh, Cam York surprised some kids at a hockey camp and skated around with them uh, and such. The Flyers put out some video on it, which is very cute. And he, uh, I think he's starting to feel old, which is awful because he is a child. <laughs> but I know. Um, being around those kids, I just keep thinking, like, who would have been the player? to like excite me the most who would have showed up at my practice when I was a kid, it probably would have been Peter Zessel. I'm thinking. Who's now like 60 something, but yeah, no, he's no longer with us. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 But he would have been probably right around that age. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Peter Zessel. I forgot. Yes. All right. That will do it for today's show and for the week. Thanks so much for listening or watching. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you have mailbag questions you want us to answer, send them in via Twitter at LockdownFlyers. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel and I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody.